BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Can I trust you? Of course. You were helping her, weren't you? With her investigation? Not exactly, but we had discussed it. She gave me something. Asked me to keep it safe for her. What is it? A memory chip. Computer 7 is now free. It is booked and available for your use for 30 minutes. I sit down and insert the memory chip. A list of files pops up, dozens of names. One stands out because I recognise it. Ellen Marie Patterson. I click on the file to open it and there is a picture of a beautiful blonde teenage girl. The same girl I have a photograph of on my phone. Except in my photo, she is dead. Body Horror. Episode 6. The next day I take an electric train from Liverpool Street to the outer London suburb of Harlow Newtown on the northern edge of the city. A self-driving taxi ferries me from the station to a modest house overlooking the River Stort. I have not called ahead. There is no trace anywhere apart from inside my own head that I am making this trip today. Can I help you? Hello, I'm looking for the family of Ellen Patterson. Who are you? Was she your daughter? Yes. May I come in? I have to do it the old-fashioned way, I'm afraid. I pour it from the pot. We can't afford a robo-maid, can we, Stanley? No. Do you want a cup? No. I remember my mother used to make tea this way. Everyone did years ago. Thank you. (coughs) What's this all about? Would you mind if I asked you some questions about Ellen? About what happened to her? We can't say too much. Why not? The case went to the courts and the fees for all the lawyers started to rack up. It was astronomical what we owed. Body X, that's a company, they made an offer to pay off the debts for us if we dropped the case, but we had to sign all sorts of non-disclosure agreements and promise not to discuss the details. This would be completely confidential. You never know when you're being monitored, though, do you? Why are you so interested Body X performed my body exchange surgery. But you've had it done? Yeah. So that's someone else's body? I would never have guessed. Would you, Stan? No. Since it was done, something hasn't felt right. Recently, I was very ill. I almost died. There was a problem with the immune suppressants. Well, that's what they said, anyway. And how do you know about Ellen? I used to work for Beyond Life. I prepared a body when it was finally released for the funeral. She was a very beautiful girl. Yeah. Yes, she was. Not just on the outside, she was a beautiful soul. She was an angel. No, no, come here, come here. It's all right. I'm sorry. You did a wonderful job. She looked very peaceful in the coffin. I didn't mean to upset you. Perhaps you should go. Yeah. Probably right. Yeah, I'll show you are. Goodbye, Mrs. Patterson. <laughs> yeah, goodbye, love. I'm truly sorry for your loss, Mr. Patterson. Listen, she's afraid to speak out, but I'm not. At the time, we thought we had no choice but to take that money. 
We, we were ruined. We were broken. I wish we hadn't. When it came down to it, we betrayed Ellen. What was the case that you were pursuing against Body X? She signed a contract agreeing to be euthanized, didn't she? Under duress. She was forced into it. Manipulated would be a better description. Brainwashed. And you began the legal action on that basis? Exactly. There was a clause in the contract stating that if legal proceedings were underway, then the progressing of the euthanasia must be suspended until the dispute could be resolved. But they went ahead anyway. Yeah, apparently there was a delay in them receiving the information. I mean, how can that be? Everything's instant these days. It arrives the second you give the command. They were hoping we'd just give up and let them have a body. It was worth millions to them. There must have been a digital record of the correspondence when things were sent, when they were seen. Yeah, that's what we spent four years trying to access. They just put up barrier after barrier after barrier. They had us crawling in the dirt. And in the end, we, we shook hands with the devil. Thank you. What are you going to do? I don't know yet. Will you be okay? Of course. If this is being monitored, they'll know you've broken your agreement. I don't care. They can't hurt me anymore, but they could hurt you. So take care. I know you're feeling much better, Caroline, but you mustn't overdo things. Where were you today? Out. You forgot your phone. How do you know that? I called when you weren't back by six, as expected. From right here, standing by your bed. The phone was in the pocket of the coat hanging on the back of your door. It slipped my mind. Easily done. It's quite liberating not to have it. I've told you before. It's important that you take your drugs at the correct times. Sit on the bed. Roll up your sleeve. There. I'm sorry I was late. All I'm concerned about... Is your recovery. I feel very tired. You must get adequate rest to reduce the chances of contracting an infection or a virus. Yeah, I understand. Sleep now. It'll do you good. I am standing on a cliff edge at the top of a sheer wall of rock. Far below, the black waters of a deep mountain lake, dark and foreboding. The sky is gloomy, as if the lake is sucking all the light out of the world. Part of me longs to dive off and be submerged forever. But I don't have the courage. Perhaps I can help you escape. She takes my hand, the insubstantial touch of a ghost. Close your eyes. Are you here to destroy me? Or are you my saviour? One elephant. Blindly we turn so that we face away from the edge. Two elephants. Together we slowly lean back until we can no longer resist the fall. Three elephants. And we plummet towards the water. The water is warm and clear and blue and we are swimming together. She's always just ahead of me feet kicking effortlessly through the water. I can see her legs, her back, long, blonde hair cascading behind her, but never her face. She dives down and I follow. There on the seabed is the rotted, barnacled hull of a shipwreck, a gaping hole in its side, crumbling metal folding out like the ragged skin around the edges of a wound. She will never sail again. 
but life teems within and without her. She has become a home for others to make their lives. A hermit crab scuttles away to the safety of the gloom through the hole. Computer, access data on memory chip. Accessing data. The list of files compiled by Mel contains dozens of names, all female. Some have brief biographical details, some have a photo attached. They are all aged between 16 and 30, most at the lower end of that spectrum. They are all beautiful. They are mostly blonde. I choose a name at random from the list. Computer, search for Susanna Alicia Adamick. I found this information via a search. Susanna was 21 years old when she was fatally injured in London. She is believed to have fallen downstairs and suffered a traumatic brain injury. She had only been in the UK for a short period of time. She was originally from Latvia. I choose another name. Computer. Search for Jaya Violet Lagari. I found this information via a search. Jaya was discovered unconscious in the street on her way home from a night out. It is believed she fell and hit the back of her head, causing a traumatic brain injury. She was 19 years old. It is not known when she entered the country. Computer. Search for Anne-Marie O'Hanlon. Computer, search for Raisa Lilia Kuznetsova. Computer, search for Helena Toivna. Computer, search for Darcy Tremlett. All of the names belong to young women either dead or missing. Computer, search for Anastasia Kurilenko. I am here. Anastasia. <sighs> We are both gasping for breath. We hold hands, close our eyes. We are together. Anastasia. Anastasia Kurielenko is the other part of me. I am you now. You are me. And we will grow stronger. Caroline, are you all right? Trevor? You look like you've seen a ghost. What are you doing? Just stay exactly where you are. What? There's no need for any dramatics, but I will need to take the computer. What the hell is this, Trevor? I like you, Caroline. I liked you from the moment we first met, so I'm very hopeful that you'll follow my instructions. What are you talking about? There's an ambulance waiting outside to take us back to the Body X facility. In an ideal world, we will just walk out of here and get into it like two sensible, inconsequential people. Do you work for them? I'm more of an associate. You can't take that. It belongs to the library. Body X intends to pay for all the hardware here to be upgraded. You don't need to be concerned. Give it to me or I swear I will scream this place down. I would strongly advise you against doing that. Why? There is an implant in your left eye. If I give the command, it'll send a burst of signals that'll jam your brainwaves, rendering you unconscious instantly. I've been told it's not a pleasant experience. Hey! Hey! I did warn you. Knock out! How are you feeling? Like I've been beaten up. It was unfortunate that Trevor found it necessary to go so far, but we couldn't have a scene in the library. He said there was something implanted in my eye. We've become increasingly concerned about you recently, Caroline. After your trip out to Harlow, you were sedated and we put a small chip in your left eye. It's enabled us to see everything you've been seeing. I didn't consent to that. We have a duty of care. How is it caring to knock me unconscious? Our emergency responders were on standby outside, so the incident was over very quickly. You know I was reading Mel's investigation. Yes. All those girls are dead. That is tragic. Both for them and their families. 
But where do you think donor bodies come from? Those volunteering for euthanasia are few and far between. It's ghoulish, I know, but we depend on tragedy. What is a body? In the end, it's just a vessel, a machine for a person to inhabit. What a terrible waste it would have been to bury or to burn those beautiful young girls' bodies rather than using what remained of their existence to set others free. You bought them for body exchange? In some cases. What about the others? We're not the only company offering these services. It's a very competitive market. You compete for the most attractive bodies. When someone is unfortunate enough to suffer a brain injury, effectively rendering them dead as an individual, but where their body is still alive, an alert goes out, both to us and our competitors. If that individual is signed up for body donation, then of course the market comes into play and eventually the body will be secured for the purposes of transplantation. It may seem callous to you, but the families of the victim often get a life-changing payout and of course... The recipient of the donor body also gets what they've been waiting for. In many cases, for a very long time. And you're happy to believe they all died in accidents? Accidents are more common than you might think. Mel was killed. Your friend. I heard about it from Trevor. I'm very sorry. Was that an accident? He said she was cycling on the highway. Everyone knows how dangerous that is. What about Ellen Patterson? There are many things about that which I regret. Her family believed she was murdered. The court case was dropped. There were certainly system failures, but no culpability. It's heartbreaking. A day doesn't go by when I don't think of her. I wish I believed you. So do I. Mel had a video from the mortuary here. It showed someone tattooing a body to make it look like mine. It wasn't my body that we cremated. Where is my body? That must have been very shocking for you. Where is it? The service we offer here is generally aimed at the very wealthy. Statistically speaking, people from lower socioeconomic backgrounds are more likely to be signed up to donate rather than receive. If you're poor, it just makes sense. It's almost like a kind of insurance. Well, this has never seemed fair to me. There are so many who could benefit from body exchange but simply can't afford it. For that reason, we also have a charitable aspect to our work. Your body went to a woman who would otherwise have died. I didn't agree to that. In fact, you did. The wording of the contract you signed allows us to dispose of a body we're removing in any way we see fit, including donation. It's been tested in the courts, believe me. Why didn't you just tell me this? The psychological damage that can do is well documented. We were protecting you. You were disposing of something you regarded as a burden, something awful, something repulsive. In fact, your body was strong and healthy. Donating it has transformed someone's life. You should be incredibly proud. Computer, screen post-recovery interview with Karina Fisher. Screening interview with Karina Fisher. A face appears on the screen. The woman I confronted in the shopping centre. She is wearing a toweling dressing gown. She looks relaxed as if she's on a pamper day at a spa. Karina, we're recording this interview to show to others who are considering body exchange. You're nine months on from the surgery now. Can you tell us how things are going with the new body? It's amazing. I've been bedridden for so long. Just being able to walk to the shops is a miracle. And this body is so beautiful, so precious. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to use it. 
I'll never be able to thank the donor enough for what she did. She demonstrates how well the body is working. She cares for it with incredible dedication, paying it much more attention than I did when it was mine. She talks about the simple joy of being able to pick up her grandchildren and hold them, something she has never been able to do before. By the time it's finished, I feel drained and deflated. There is nothing more to say. Goodbye, Professor. You still have the chip implanted in your eye. I'll get it removed elsewhere. As you wish. Goodbye. I am discharged from Body X with a clean bill of health. The whole procedure from first consultation to this moment has cost me $27.9 million. I opt to have several stiff drinks. So what do you do? Spend the remains of my dwindling fortune in seedy bars. Oh, no wonder me phone picked you out. You scanned the whole room for a match. It saves a lot of time, doesn't it? What percentage? 86. What were the common data points? Well, you must have over a million in the bank, because my phone doesn't even acknowledge anyone who hasn't. Is that it? You rated grade A for attractiveness. Are you an A? I was back in the day. So we don't match up then? Well, I didn't say it was 100%, did I? What'd you do? I'm in sales. What rating are you? Well, I've dropped to a C now, I've turned 40. Most companies only allow grade A's to occupy customer face and roles. Who do you work for? Deutsche Auto. You're a car salesman? Yeah. And you're a grade C? Well, it's a bit different for men, isn't it? How? We get a longer shelf life. Look, you're going to shag me or what? You know something? What? You should think about donating your body. Someone could make use of that. Your head, on the other hand, is just a complete waste of space. What's your problem? I don't have a problem. The bloody world has the problem. You know, this app on my phone's supposed to eliminate women who've got issues. What kind have you got? Is it mummy issues or daddy issues? Because I can probably help with the latter. Get your hands off me. The last man who did something like that got stabbed. Look, I don't have to waste my time chatting you up, you know. There's a sex supermarket in the next street. I can walk in there and order a couple of Ukrainian teenagers for less than the price of a round of drinks in here. Step him. Step the dirty bastard. You're really going to upset me in a minute. Don't worry. I'm on my way. I'll tell you the trouble with women these days. They think if they've got a beautiful body and the right look, then they can do whatever the hell they want. Newsflash. Doesn't work that way. A beautiful body isn't everything. You need a personality to go with it. And you... Nothing but an angry bitch. Leave now, before I glass you. I carry on drinking till I am too drunk to work out how to get myself home. I stagger into a hotel and book a room. I sit on the end of the bed, staring into the full-length mirror. All the lights are on, but the room is still full of shadows. Perhaps it is the mirror sucking the light out of the world. Computer, are you able to access my personal data files? Provided your retina scan delivers the correct permission levels. Scan my retina, please. Move your eye closer to the camera. (sighs) Scanning retina. Scan complete. Hello, Caroline Dorothy McAleese. Computer, access my medical history files, please. There are 2,267 files to view. Select files related to my mental health treatment at the Body X facility in London. 
There are 406 files to view. Select files related to my mother. There are 17 files to view. Select files containing video of my mother in March 2024. There is one file to view. Play video. The film was recorded by a computer terminal at the benefits office in Ashington the day before she went missing. She sits in front of it looking drawn and tired. Her skin is pale and her eyes roomy. She's not wearing makeup. She answers the computer's questions in a monotone. Then something changes. Can you explain in another 500 words why you are no longer in employment? You tell me. That does not qualify as a valid reason. I've worked my whole life. I'm good at my job. My employer's brought in the new rating system from America. I've been assessed by a machine that's telling me I'm no longer good enough. Why? Is it because I'm too thick? Too weak? Too lazy? No. It's because they want to have a uniform look across the sales force. Thank you. My face doesn't fit. I've got the wrong body shape. The wrong skin tone. They told me to get my teeth done and have my tits enlarged. Hey! Ah, take a look. What do you think of these, eh? Too small? This interview will be terminated if you refuse to moderate your voice. Have a good look, everybody. Anyone want to offer me a job off the back of these, eh? No, of course you don't, you callous bastards. Interview terminating. The screen goes black. Her body was found on the shore of Sweet Hope Locks three days later. No record of how she came to be in the water or when exactly she died exists. Perhaps she threw herself in from the bridge that crosses between the Great Loch and the Little Loch and was dead within the hour. But she left no note. There is no evidence that she wanted to take her own life. The verdict was misadventure. Perhaps instead she waded into the water, intending to swim far, far away from a world that rejected her. I am standing on the flat roof of the Bodyx building, ten stories above the ground. London surrounds everything. A vast temple complex spawned from a river crossing and a marketplace. Caroline! What are you doing up here? I have the silver blade in one hand. I want to talk to you. Tell the security to, to back off. In the other, I hold her hand, insubstantial as a ghost's. All right. They've moved back. Please, drop the knife. I want to know about my donor. Her name was Anastasia Korolenko. She was 20. What was she doing here? Why was she in London? We don't deal with any of that. You're an intelligent woman. You've lived for nearly a century. What do you think her story might be? I can't speculate about those things. I turn to face the cliff edge. The sky is gloomy. Part of me is longing to dive off. Instead, I lay the knife down at my feet. Good. That's good. I'm going to approach you now. Give me your hand, Caroline. It's all going to be okay. Tell me what you think happened to her, or I swear we are both going over the edge. There are unscrupulous people working as suppliers in the market. There's no doubt about that. We do our best to be sure the bodies we use are responsibly sourced. How did it work? The unscrupulous ones. They identify girls with the potential to fetch good money on the body exchange market as young teenagers. 
Right skin tone, right body shape, right hair colour. If they're from abroad, they might get a UK sponsor so they can get into this country. Sometimes, they just kidnap girls and traffic them in. Then there might have been a calculation. Can we make more from her in a sex supermarket or as a body donor? It's all commerce. It's people like you who are prepared to plough millions into changing bodies that drive it. But it's not how we do things here. It's a toxic system! We are all part of the machine. Let's get you inside. Are you planning to sedate me? That would probably be beneficial. You're wrong about that. I've been sedated all my life. I'm awake now. We fall together, the three of us. We are lighter than air, beyond liquid, turning somersaults and cartwheels. And then we find ourselves here, lying in the snow hand in hand, the doors of the old stone barn a little way off. He is coming for me. He will take me away. No, he won't. How do you know? I won't let him. A figure steps out of the barn, a man, a hungry look on his face. I don't recognize him. Perhaps he is the man who took Anastasia from her home and sold her on. Or perhaps he is the man who sold her for body exchange. Whoever he is, I do not run this time. I blink, and I am standing in front of him. There is a flash of silver and the blood comes leaking out over the snow. Anastasia, you're safe now. I turn to look for her, but she's gone. Everything is gone. I am standing on the cliff edge, the black waters of the lake far below. I am not afraid. (gasps) I sink to the bottom many fathoms below. But I am not afraid. I believe she is coming. I know she will. I feel her arms around me. She has been waiting for me all this time at the bottom of the lake. I can feel her arms around me, a loving embrace I have not known for many years. My mother, made of water, surrounds me. She holds me gently, then stands and lifts me up. She is transformed into a giant, hundreds of feet tall. She holds me, and I know harmony and safety once more. My body is gone. My troubles dissolved. Love remains. Love remains forever. In Body Horror by Lucy Catherine, Caroline was played by Jill Halfpenny, Gloria by Shelley Conn, Anastasia by Samantha Bacon, Rowan by Adam Courting, and Paulina by Chetna Pandia. Virtual James was Will Kirk, the receptionist, Greg Jones, Trevor, Clive Hayward, Che, Icky Alias, Karina, Heather Craney, Stan, Neil McCall, and the man in the bar was Ian Conningham. The computers were played by Sinead McInnes, Scarlett Courtney, and Laura Christie. The director was Toby Swift. I'm Dr. Alex Bridges. I'm a forensic psychiatrist. What do I do? I explain the inexplicable. Do you think we are monsters? 
This Thing of Darkness. Subscribe now on BBC Sounds.